Bitterness, apathy, uncontrollable rage, symptoms of AMD, anger management disorder. But now there's an answer. Chilopranin-256. Chilopranin-256 is not for everyone. Side effects may include sleeplessness, involuntary drooling, body dandruff, abnormally hairy knuckles, loss of personal identity, and a bacon-like body odor. Users of Chilopranin-256 should consider the use of moisture-absorbent undergarments. So take a chill pill and regain control of your life today. <laughs> Don't you wish that it was that easy? Don't you wish you could just take a chill pill and control your anger? We live in an angry world. All we have to do is watch the news on television, listen to it on the radio, read it in the newspaper, follow it online to realize just how much anger fills the lives of people. Rage, murder, rape, child abuse, human trafficking, protests, rioting, lawsuits, hate crimes, slander, revenge, all of those are sins of anger. And even though you and I may never demonstrate our anger in ways that make headlines, at least I hope not, (laughs) I think if we're honest, we would still have to admit that we do at times struggle with anger in our hearts and lives. As a matter of fact, statistics tell us that the average man gets angry six times a week, while the average woman gets angry three times a week. (laughs) A man is more likely to get angry at things, while a woman is more liable to get angry at people. Single adults get angry twice as often as married adults. Men are more physical in expressing their anger, while women are more verbal in expressing their anger. And all of us are more likely to display anger at home than anywhere else. So what does God think about all of this anger in our lives? Well, to kind of prime the pump a little bit, because there's a lot of Proverbs as you're going to find out about anger, let's read just a couple of verses here in Proverbs chapter 29. We Look at verse 11 to begin with. Follow along there in your Bible. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And then down to verse 22. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. So as we conclude our lesson series from the book of Proverbs. Let's focus this morning on seeking God's wisdom on anger. To keep today's lesson as simple as possible, let's just consider the subject of anger under two main headings. First, the timing of our anger. Now, biblically, there is a right time and there is a wrong time for anger. There are certain circumstances in which our anger is justified and other circumstances in which it is not. Sometimes our anger is a sin and sometimes our anger is not a sin. So how can we discern the difference? Well, let's turn to the Bible, God's Word, for the answer to that. When is it right to be angry? 
as I examine the Scriptures, it seems to me that there are at least two times when it is right to be angry. First, it's right to be angry when we are angry for the same reasons Jesus was angry. When we are angry for the same reasons Jesus was angry. And why was Jesus angry? Let's quickly review a few cases where Jesus actually demonstrated His anger. In Mark chapter 3, a man was brought to Jesus on the Sabbath day with a shriveled hand. And Jesus asked the Jewish leaders in verse 4, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Now this is not a rocket science question, but they refused to answer his question. And the Bible says in verse 5 that Jesus looked around them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. In Mark chapter 10, verses 13 and 14, it tells us the people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In Mark chapter 11 and John chapter 2, Jesus cleansed the temple on these two occasions using a whip, it tells us, and overturning the tables of the money changers. And Jesus in his anger in Mark eleven seventeen said, My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. He was, he was angry. In Matthew chapter 23, seven times Jesus said to the Jewish religious leaders, Woe to you. Scribes and Pharisees, teachers of the law. Woe, by the way, is a curse. Did you know that? He was literally pronouncing a curse. He was so angry with them, he was announcing that they were cursed because of their behavior and their attitude. So why was Jesus angry? We can sum it up, I think, with two words. Righteous indignation. Righteous indignation. He was angry about sin and hypocrisy, about injustice and unrighteousness. And folks, we ought to be angry for the same reasons. I believe it's right for us to be angry about abortion. It's right for us to be angry about the homosexual agenda. It's right for us to be angry about secular humanism in our schools. It's right for us to be angry about crooked politicians. We ought to be downright mad about sin and wickedness in our world today because I'll tell you, God's mad about it. And if God is angry about it, we ought to be angry about it too. God hates sin. And we should hate sin also. And so first, it's right to be angry when we are angry for the same reasons Jesus was angry. And second, it's right to be angry when we do not sin in the process of our anger. When we do not sin in the process of our anger. Read Ephesians 4 verses 26 and 27 out loud with me. Would you read this with me? 
In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now notice there, in your anger, do not sin. Actually, literally, the Greek is an imperative. It says, be angry. (laughs) It tells us, be angry, but do not sin. Now how do we do that? Well, first, we do not let the sun go down while we're still angry. In other words, don't let your anger remain unresolved. Don't let it settle in your heart and turn into a root of bitterness and resentment, malice or hatred. And then second, Paul says, do not give the devil a foothold. Simply put, don't allow Satan to take advantage of your emotional state to tempt you to sin in other ways. Profanity, rage, revenge, abuse. Let me put it this way. It's okay to be angry at a certain politician or about a certain law, but it is not okay to take part in a mob that results in shouts of rage and fights and brawls and physical violence. Understand what I'm saying? So when is it right to be angry? Two conditions. When we're angry for the same reasons that Jesus was angry and when we do not sin in the process of our anger. Now, on the other hand, when is it wrong to be angry? Now, I guess the easy answer is to say any time other than those two conditions. But let me name uh, some specific examples from Solomon's God-given wisdom right here in the book of Proverbs. Here are seven times when it is definitely wrong for us to be angry. First, when anger is out of control. When anger is out of control, Will Rogers once said, people who fly into a rage seldom make a good landing. (laughs) When our anger is out of control, it's definitely a problem. Look at these Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 16. A fool is quick-tempered. In other words, has a quick trigger. Doesn't take much to tick him or her off and set them over the edge. Proverbs 16, verse 32. It's better to be slow-tempered than famous. It's better to have self-control than control an army. That's an interesting verse, by the way, because it reminds me of Alexander the Great, who you might remember once flew into a rage and struck his very best friend, the general of his armies, and killed him in his anger. Here was a man who could conquer the world but he could not conquer his own anger. And that's exactly what that verse, I think, is saying. Proverbs 25, verse 28, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So first, it's wrong to be angry when anger is out of control. Second, it's wrong to be angry when anger is wrongly motivated. When anger is wrongly motivated, and Solomon identifies here in Proverbs at least four motives for anger that are wrong. And so you can fill in the blanks there in your notes. The first one's jealousy. Jealousy. This is a big one. Proverbs 27 verse 4 says, An angry person is dangerous, but a jealous person is even worse. (laughs) Then there's pride. Good old pride, Proverbs 13, verse 10. Pride leads to arguments. Proverbs 28, 25. An arrogant person stirs up strife. Good old pride. Or how about vengeance? 
vengeance. Proverbs 20, verse 22. Do not say, I will pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and He will deliver you. And then good old impatience. (laughs) Proverbs 14 says, A fool is hot-headed and reckless. A quick-tempered person does foolish things. One who is quick-tempered displays folly. And get yourself in trouble when you're impatient. So second, it's wrong to be angry when anger is wrongly motivated. Third, it's wrong to be angry when anger is harmful to others. When anger is harmful to others. I've seen it so many times, especially in the home. Husbands angry with their wives, parents angry with their children, brothers angry with their sisters, and on and on it goes. And that kind of constant environment of anger just tears the family apart. Notice these Proverbs. Proverbs 11, verse 29. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. They will die alone. Proverbs 19, verse 13. A rebellious son is a calamity to his father, and a nagging wife annoys like a constant dripping. Drip. 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 Proverbs 21 puts it this way, it's better to stay outside on the roof of your house than to live inside with a nagging wife. (laughs) It's better out in the desert than at home with a nagging, complaining wife. Now, I didn't write these, okay? (laughs) But I'm reading them. (laughs) And I do want to say, guys, that it goes both ways. It goes both ways. So third, it's wrong to be angry when anger is harmful to others. Number four, when anger is without just cause. It's wrong to be angry when anger is without just cause. Read uh, Proverbs 3 and verse 30 out loud with me. Don't argue just to be arguing when you haven't been hurt. Some people just argue for the sake of argument. You know what I mean? They're just disagreeable old grumps. Argue about everything. Again, Proverbs 24, verses 28 and 29 warns, don't accuse anyone who isn't guilty or say to someone, I'll get even with you. Somebody once said that the only exercise some people ever get is jumping to conclusions. (laughs) We're so quick to do that, aren't we? We don't know all the facts and we make our judgments and we jump to conclusions and we accuse those who aren't even guilty at times in our anger. So fourth, it's wrong to be angry when anger is without just cause. Number five, when anger is never ending. When anger is never ending. It's wrong to be angry when anger just goes on and on and on and on and on never stops. Some people are just angry people. All the time, about everything. Look what Solomon wrote. Proverbs 19 and verse 19. People with bad tempers are always in trouble and they need help over and over and over and over and over again. Always in trouble. Proverbs 30, verse 33 says, If you churn milk, you get butter. If you pound on the nose, you get blood. And if you stay angry, you get in trouble. It's just the facts of life. 
So fifth, it's wrong to be angry when anger is never ending. And number six, when anger is contagious to others. It's wrong to be angry when anger is contagious to others. Proverbs 15.18 tells us that a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict. You ever notice how contagious anger is? How when one person gets angry, it isn't very long before all the people around him or her are angry as well? Tried and tested right here. I can come home. Karen, you're laughing. I can come home grumpy and guess what? It isn't long until Karen's grumpy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've all, come on, I'm not the only one who does this. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It happens all the time. No wonder Solomon warned in Proverbs 16 and verse 14, be wise, don't make someone else angry. In other words, don't spread your temper to other people, causing them to get, you know, overwhelmed by your anger and become angry too. And so sixth, it's wrong to be angry when anger is contagious to others. And then number seven, when anger is directed at God. It's wrong to be angry when anger is directed at God. Sometimes we get angry at God. Solomon touched on that in Proverbs 19, verse 3. A person's own folly leads to the ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. (laughs) They got themselves in the predicament they're in, yet they're angry at God. You know, God, and they're blaming God for it all. Now we're going to come back and visit that in a little greater detail in a moment. So for now, let it just suffice to say that it's wrong to be angry when anger is directed at God. That's the timing of our anger, when it's right and when it's wrong to be angry. Which leads us to our second main thought today, and that's the taming of our anger. Let's wrap up today's lesson with some practical suggestions for taming our anger. How can we get a grip on the wrong anger in our lives? What practical, workable anger management steps can we take? Well, Proverbs offers at least seven of them that I could find as I dig through this. And it all begins with this one. By the way, this is number one because it is number one. And that is you've got to recognize the source. Recognize the source. That's where it all begins. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Let's read this out loud together. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. We've said it several times throughout this lesson series from Proverbs. The source of all of our sin is the heart. Jesus Himself reinforced this principle several times throughout His teaching. Therefore, if we have an anger problem, it only is an indication that we have a heart problem. We need to do some business before God on our knees, allowing Him to search our hearts, confessing our heart problem to Him, repenting of our sin, and yielding to His cleansing and purifying work in our hearts and in our lives. It's where it starts, right here. If we don't get this one right, nothing else will ever happen. That's good in anger management. And so the first step in taming our anger is to recognize the source. Number two, remember the consequences. Remember the consequences. When we're tempted to believe that our anger problem is not such a big deal, perhaps it's best to remind ourselves of the negative consequences of being angry. Proverbs 14 says, People with hot tempers do foolish things. Anger causes mistakes. 
Proverbs 29.22, a hot-tempered person gets into all kinds of trouble. Let Let me just say this. Whatever you think the worst possible consequences could be for your anger, the reality is it's worse than that. And we need to just remember the consequences. Our anger does no good when it's out of control. So the second step in taming our anger is to remember the consequences. Number three, reflect before acting. Reflect before acting. That's a time-worn and yet effective method of taming anger. You've heard it before. Count to ten or a hundred if you need to. You know, take a cold shower, blow off some steam with some exercise. Whatever works for you to reflect before reacting in a way that you're going to regret later. Look at God's wisdom through Solomon on that. Proverbs 15, verse 18. Losing your temper causes a lot of trouble, but staying calm settles arguments. Proverbs 17, verse 27. People who stay calm have real insight. So that's the problem. When you're not calm, you don't gain that insight. Because you're not listening, for one thing. You're so angry, you're thinking about how you're going to react rather than trying to listen to understand. Someone put it this way, the more I understand, the more understanding I will be. The more I understand, the more understanding I will be. Proverbs 29, verse 11, A stupid man gives free rein to his anger. A wise man waits and lets it grow cool. I just had to include that one because I wanted you to know that cool it, chill out, that's biblical. (laughs) It's exactly what the Bible tells us that we ought to do. And so the third step in taming our anger is to reflect before acting. Number four, very akin to that, is to restrain before speaking. Restrain before speaking. Again, the principle is to wait, to exercise self-control, to think before we say something that we wish we could take back. Notice what the Proverbs teach us. Proverbs 15, verse 1. This one we've got to read out loud together. Would you read it with me? A gentle answer, quiet anger, but a harsh one stirs it up. Isn't that so true? Proverbs 17, 14, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Proverbs 21, verse 23, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say, because words, you see, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Proverbs 25, 23, as surely as rain blows in from the north, anger is caused by cruel words. Great reminder. So the fourth step in taming our anger is to restrain before speaking. Number five, we need to learn how to respond with forgiveness. Respond with forgiveness. So often anger is directed towards someone who's hurt us or offended us or disappointed us in some way. Folks, we need to learn how to be more forgiving. How to just let it go. Just let it go. Notice these Proverbs. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Love overlooks the wrongs that others do. Let's read Proverbs 12, verse 16 out loud together. When a fool is annoyed, they quickly let it be known. Smart people will ignore an insult. Just ignore it. Just let it go. Proverbs 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. 
It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. We've got to learn how to forgive and let it go. So the fifth step in taming our anger is to respond with forgiveness. Number six, for some of us it might mean we need to restrict our relationships. Restrict our relationships. As we pointed out earlier, those who are angry often make those around them angry as well. Now if that's true, then we would be wise not to hang around all the time with those who are habitually bad-tempered. Right? Solomon put it this way, Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. You're hanging around with angry people. You're going to be angry too. And for some of us, that may mean that there's some restrictions we need to put on some of our relationships. We need to take a close look at the friends we're hanging around because maybe we're hanging around the wrong people. And we need to be a little more picky. <laughs> we talked about that a few lessons ago on friendships, remember? So important. So the sixth step in taming our anger is to restrict our relationships. And number seven, release to God. Release to God. Proverbs 15.11 reminds us if the Lord can see everything, He can see in our hearts. He's not surprised by our anger. God, God knows and understands our anger. We don't have to hide it from Him. In fact, if we need to vent our anger, we can vent it to Him. Now notice I didn't say vent it at Him. There's a difference. Vent it to Him. That's the best place you can vent your anger. David is a perfect example of that in the Psalms. That's why so oftentimes when people are coming to me and they just aren't understanding what's going on in their lives and they're angry at God and life and everybody else, I tell them, go camp out in the early Psalms. Spend your time in the first half of the book of Psalms and read David's dialogue with God. Because David knew how to vent his anger to God. I mean, here's the guy who's anointed king of Israel, has every right to the throne, and yet he's on the run for his very life from Saul, who has now been deposed, but Saul doesn't know it and doesn't want to give up the throne. And all of the enemies, even including David's own son Absalom, who tries to usurp the throne. And David, I mean, you talk about injustice and and life being unfair. David knew what that was all about, and yet we read in those Psalms how David vented to God. I mean, he says some stuff in those psalms that you kind of go, huh? I don't know if I'd have the guts to say that to God. But David says it. Because David knew, and as we need to know, that that's a safe place for us to vent our anger. Just process it on your knees before God the Father. He understands. And so the seventh step in taming our anger is to release it to God. Seven practical, workable anger management steps. It all begins when you recognize the source at your heart and you do heart business before God. You got to remember the consequences because whatever you think those consequences may be, they're worse than what you think they are. You need to reflect before acting and you do something that you're going to regret. And you need to restrain before speaking and you say something that, boy, you just wish you could pull it back. And you need to respond with forgiveness 
Just got to let it go. Maybe you need to restrict your relationships. Quit hanging around with angry people. But you can, for sure, release it to God. He understands. Proverbs, seeking God's wisdom on anger. This morning we've looked at the timing and the taming of our anger. There's one last thing that I feel like I need to say as we wrap up today's lesson on anger. And I think that James 1, verses 19 and 20 hints at this. So let's read these two verses out loud together. Would you read them with me? Do not become angry easily, because anger will not help you live the right kind of life God wants you to live before the world. Did you see that last part of that? Anger will not help you live the right kind of life God wants you to live before the world. The point is, our out-of-control anger is such a poor testimony, such a poor witness to those around us. Because believe me, they're watching. You can't give me a ticket for honking a horn at a green light. Alright, so let me see your driver's license registration. Thank you, sir. All your information correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Alright, so I'll be right back with you. Sit tight. Please help me. <laughs> you can't give me a ticket for honking the horn at a green light. Sir. She should have gone. It was sir, green. Sir, get back in the car and calm down for a second, okay? I'm not going to give you a ticket, but the reason I stopped you is for acting like such a fool, okay? I don't know why you're acting like that, because I saw all those stickers on the back of your car. You don't need to be acting like that. A cross in your window? I thought, I thought maybe you stole this car. So I was just checking out your information. It's that good. You're not getting a ticket this time, but if you would, just calm down for me. Drive safe. Oops. 
Never know who's watching, huh? Never know. If you're wearing the name Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you got a bumper sticker on your car, uh, you know, you're advertising out there, as you should be, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Watch your anger. Because people are watching it. And what's it say about you and your testimony? Let's pray. Father God, thank You for reminding us this morning of this important area of our lives. We all struggle at times with this. Thank You that Proverbs is so practical in its discussion and of the reality of anger. So God, God, I pray that You would just speak to our hearts today and help us to to be angry but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on our anger. Don't let the devil get a foothold. Teach us, Lord, to be more like You. I thank you for this series that we have had together in Proverbs. There's so much more we could and probably should study from this book. So I pray that you'd keep us there. Chapter a day. Just help us to develop that as a habit in our daily lives. That we would continue to apply these practical words of wisdom to our everyday living. And again, may that be true today about anger. For we are your witnesses and people are watching. Help us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.